0: Thomas.
1: It's, it's not William Vryeryhurst slain in the iron market by John Small with a certain knife in 1386.
0: A certain knife. <clears throat> Thomas de Weston died 1306 of an arrow wound near the spine, assaulted by a group of clerks. Whoa. <laughs> clerks are trouble to go by what's recorded here. Incredible.
2: Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode 31, I think. I am working without a script today because I am in a little cabin in Moclips, Washington, watching the rain come down, and I have my laptop, and I forgot uh, to save the script anywhere, so we are going off the rails today. Um, So let's see. What do we usually talk about? I don't know. This week, we're playing a game called Daikaiju Monogatari, which uh, I actually everybody voted for Daikaiju Monogatari 2, but I uh, made a mistake and told everyone there was a translation for that game, and there is not. It is a translation for the first game so we decided to play the first game instead because that would be more interesting so that's what we played um i am your host virtual clint and today i am joined by
3: automatic tiger Steve croft
0: shrug died 1344 smote by a knife value of two pence on the right side even to the heart by a clerk
1: Talpa died 1396 when a sandpit they were sleeping under fell upon them and killed them by misadventure.
2: <laughs> this is medieval deathbot stuff, isn't it? Value of two pence. Why would you include that? Okay, uh, <laughs> so yeah. <coughs> oh my god. So, this week we played uh, Daikaiju Monogatari. It is a JRPG released by a company called Birthday. Well, I should say, developed by Birthday. Published birthday, girl. It's your birthday. Ooh, ooh. I don't know that song, Birthday. Uh, <laughs> it was published by Hudson. Kind of creepy. It sounds it's a creepy like song, it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like most songs where you say "girl" are going to be a little creepy. I feel like that's that's pretty universal. But that's me. I'm a prude. Um, <laughs> so it's released in Japan only, December twenty second, nineteen ninety four. It got a translation recently. I think it was twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen, or twenty seventeen. It was really recent. Uh, it. I need to pull up who did the translation. I can't remember the name of them. They kind of suck.
3: Yeah, Dynamic Designs.
2: Yeah, that's it. Dynamic Designs did this. They're sort of infamous for inserting weird, um, I would say, right-wing propaganda into the games, although it's mostly just stupid pot shots, but it's it's whatever. That was few and far between. We'll get into what the translation is all about, how weird it is. Uh, But first, let's just talk about how long did you each play this game and about how far did you get into it?
0: I don't know how long I played the game for because the opening stretched on for so long that time seemed to stand still and my one week off became three weeks off and I'm still playing today, I'm still in the intro, anyway I got to the second town, third town, it's the third town because you don't go anywhere. You leave the first town and then you immediately land in the second town. You don't. You're railroaded. There's two towns. (laughs) There's two towns. My experiences are identical
1: to Shred so far, so uh, that's my answer too.
3: I played this game for. The clock on my save says 11 hours and 30 minutes, but it's plus a little extra from saves and stuff. I played for about four hours, and I beat the first boss.
2: And I'm exactly the same. I played about four hours. I think my clock was at four hours and 12 minutes or something. I had just beaten the first boss and gotten to the next town over. Uh, yeah, so we. this is... Uh, we have a wide variety here and uh th- this should be interesting the different impressions that we have of this game so uh, but yeah so that's uh that's the idea we're gonna talk about this game i know how to do podcasts subscribe to our patreon i love you let's <laughs> let's just jump into our first topic which is as always but not always vanity Which should be an interesting one, um so yeah so let's let's talk about how this game looks, how this game sounds. um I gotta dig up my screenshots, so somebody else talk for a little bit.
1: I think that it was particularly inspired of this game to have a completely silent intro, and then they had to go and ruin that
2: yeah the the actual the intro cinematics at the beginning are pretty like cool and there's no text or anything it's, it's, it's a nice like yeah I'm not used to that with RPGs usually there's a big text dump at the beginning but then there's a huge huge text dump seriously the intro is like 20
0: minutes I think it's so so long and you can access a sub intro after the intro and if then, you like, make the mistake of going up to the
3: guy again
1: and then uh. in the third town you can access a second sub intro
3: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think there might be one more somewhere in the game, but they do stop eventually. Thank God. Yeah, I, there's 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 one part... Well, anyway, we'll talk about
1: it. I do want to accentuate the positive, which is the actual proper intro had no dialogue, and it conveyed uh, the beginning of the story entirely visually, which I thought was wonderful, and... Uh, It it got my hopes up about this game, especially because the translators could not do anything to tamper with the purity of that opening.
0: A mega space cow uh, causes a monolith, monolith to fill a wiffle ball asteroid with the perp, and then it falls to Earth. I think it's the perp. What's a the perp? perp? I should know this. That's very purple. So I believe it's the perp. <laughs> I'm not sure what the perp is because I'm extremely white and extremely old. But I believe the perp has afflicted Shell Dorado. Shell Dorado. The Golden, Golden World, World. Yes. Yeah, so the PERP has infected the Golden World. But why is it Is called this game racist?
1: Uh, this game is definitely racist, but only because of uh, the translation.
2: So I guess we should kind of describe very like what this game really is cuz JRPG can mean a lot of things. This is in the mold of Dragon Quest, very very obviously in the mold of Dragon Quest. And uh that's so what you're seeing in battle is that front facing thing. It's not the side sprites. You're looking directly at the enemies. You do get to see your own sprites, which is nice for your own little characters. Uh and then you've got your overworlds, you've got your villages, you've got your dungeons. It's all very standard dragon quest inspired fair um and from what i saw the overworld is pretty much all the same everywhere there's grass and woods and oceans and occasionally little towns and that's pretty much it i didn't see a lot of variation in that
3: 10 ish hours in you get to go to a snow place that's nice (laughs)
2: <laughs> that that I guess isn't, uh, is, is a little different. I was, I was kind of disappointed in the overworld. I thought it was really ugly.
3: There, there are a bunch of different locations. Once you like are off the overworld though, there's like almost every town has at least some of some original graphics. There's like areas that completely change the aesthetic of the game briefly, like a couple haunted forests, you know, a volcano, uh, I was really impressed the longer I played how long the graphics kept having new elements into them actually.
0: So you're saying I you need to take an adventure beyond the overworld? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that it was
2: actually yeah, the overworld definitely uh was it didn't really give you a good idea of what you were going to step into when it came to a town or a dungeon because they all look the same, but then you'll yeah the the very first like dungeon is actually sort of underneath a skeleton of a dinosaur, so that's cool there's a huge pyramid a little bit later there's yeah the 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 there's a town that's got these big egg houses, which I thought were really fucking cool, like big stone eggs that was neat.
3: There's a trap-filled mansion later on in the game that has sort of a secret evil basement. That was fun. I like that bit a lot. That's great. <laughs>
2: there, there's the egg houses. I guess they, yeah, they kind of look like little lizard eggs or something. So,
1: the monster art is generally quite delightful. I like looking at all of the various uh, monster sprites. Uh, basically, every part of this game that doesn't involve conversation is charming to me.
0: You meet a weird little mole-looking wizard with an odd bushy... He looks like if Wilford Brimley and a mole did it, and, <laughs> and, had a baby. A wizard. and he's very mad, and he's very tough, at least early, and I was only ever early, because why would you want to be informed about the thing that you're going to talk about? I like the big centipede,
4: or not centipede, uh, scorpion cyclops. Yeah,
0: that
2: guy. Oh, yeah, the big scorpion cyclops thing was great. (laughs) There's, yeah, I wish that I had seen more enemies. I feel like I saw about, Twenty twenty-five, which is good but you know as far as like enemies per hour not so good
0: uh <laughs> because that was genuinely some of the best art in the game and looking at the screenshot in the chat i just realized that the buzzard thing is carefully constructed its sprite looks like its tail feather is a pair of testicles hanging down between its squatting legs and that's very lovely i like
2: it a lot <laughs> i noticed that as well after after a second i'm like oh that bird got balls and it's got like huge uh pecs as well and then like tiny six-pack abs it's very, very sure those are out.
0: not tail feathers i said they were tail feathers but they're carefully arranged to look not like balls Dirty, dirty bird balls. Filthy dirt balls. Maybe they're like
1: trucker <laughs> balls. Maybe, maybe the tail feathers of this species uh, were designed to uh, appear a lot like uh, truck license plate balls.
2: Truck nuts is what they're called.
1: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they intimidate other birds. I'm sorry. And I'm the not, giant bird pecks. I'm
1: not as up
0: on the
1: the... Uh, jargon of uh, trucker culture.
0: I have seen truck nuts in the wild and I freaked the fuck out. I couldn't deal with it. I was behind someone that had truck nuts on their truck. It was horrifying.
4: I like how everybody has a funny like, defense animation when you hit the shield button.
2: Wait. What? There's a shield
4: button? Or, well, d- defend on the menu, whatever. Oh,
2: oh, oh, okay. I never defended. So, yes, I I, <laughs> I get it now. Sorry, I was confused. I thought there was some, like, action element to this game I missed. I was going to be very disappointed in myself. Clint's not a coward. <laughs> Clint doesn't know how to play games. Luckily, this game's very easy, but we'll get into that.
4: <laughs> so- yeah. Sometimes you want to, conserve your mp because you're using the stupid urn who only has summon magic
0: i leveled up five times by the time i got to the second the third city and i just charged straight there
3: but (laughs) yeah like to go back to that block animation thing like there a bunch of the characters in this game are um hermit crabs and when you block with them they go inside their little shell and it's so cute
2: Oh, that's great! I love that. I should have been blocking more because I took, I took uh, one attacker and two mages with me, and the mages. One of the mages attack the urn. By the way, one of the characters is literally a a walking urn with a staff. His name is Ernie, at least in the translation. Um,
1: (laughs) Probably actually clever in Japanese, but uh, this translation.
2: (laughs) you really hated this translation
1: (laughs) yes i really did and i don't feel bad about it because the translator is a terrible person
2: oh yeah no for sure um i feel like there's enough to hate here that i felt like it was juvenile in a sometimes charming way um, I don't know, is that Vanity? It's fine. Um, I felt like it was juvenile sometimes, but kind of charming. It felt like an early Super Nintendo translation, ex- except by amateurs, so they could do dumb stuff, like make diarrhea jokes. Like, I felt it was kind of charming.
1: It, it, it's, very, it's very obvious that they're trying to be like the modern-day working designs, uh-huh, and I don't have any fondness or nostalgia for working designs uh, translations. There's nothing cute about South Park jokes to me.
3: <laughs> what? You didn't like Bonaire and uh, Alundra there? You didn't like the constant never ending boob size jokes from Magic Knight Ray Earth on Saturn? Oh god.
1: No. Remarkably I didn't. <laughs> you
0: know what I like? I like these long-bearded, wide-brimmed hat-wearing. They aren't very wide. These men think they're Indiana Jones. Anyway, I guess they're wearing fedoras. Long beards, sitting cross-legged, on flying carpets, holding out their arms like they're beckoning you into a hug. They look like horrifying weird uncles. They do.
2: They look like your burnout hippie uncle just losing
0: his fucking mind on this flying rock. And also the Hell Goblin. Look at this Hell Goblin sprite, people who are listening in this audio (laughs) medium. He has a shield, but he's holding it behind him. He's well, holding perhaps out his sword because arm. there's
1: so much distance between you and the Hell Goblin, he has enough time to turn around in battle I like that we just think, don't see.
0: I like to think that this is a bit of characterization in in the sprite work. Saying Are you a, saying
1: that perhaps he is more like a berserker than a standard uh, Norse uh, warrior in that he... Uh, goes in fearless of any injuries that may befall him instead of using the shield as his primary weapon.
0: I was just going to say that he's being showing aggression in his stance despite that he could, like, have a... you would be using his shield. It's like having the shield enhances the way that he's being aggressive. Like, I don't need the shield. I think he's... I was just going to say
2: that. I think he's guarding from attacks from behind. Mm. Just in case. Oh, that's a good
1: point. I mean, the urn is a summoner, so uh, what if the urn summons something behind him?
0: Yeah, that shit could appear anywhere. (laughs) The Hell Goblin's so big, there could be stuff behind him that we don't see. That's a good point.
1: But that style of shield is primarily used as a weapon. It's not not really a, a
4: defensive tool. Unfortunately for the Hellgoblin, the urn only summons stuff on our side of the field.
0: (laughs) The the urn doesn't know what he's doing. What a dick. See, whoever drew this Hellgoblin showed a remarkable understanding of uh, theory of mind because they thought, what does the Hellgoblin know? The Hellgoblin doesn't know where the urn can summon. The Hellgoblin only knows that the urn can summon. So, the Hell Goblin will react as if the Urn can summon anywhere to keep all the Hell Goblin's bases covered. The Hell Goblin is a real character with dimension and a rich inner life. It's not just your standard, bog standard Hell Goblin that you'd find in any Dragon Quest knockoff. It's just there for you to kill and take it stuff and get XP and shit. Yeah, this one
2: has a rich inner life, so you can kill him and take his. This is Shadow of Mordor. This is Undertale. <laughs> oh god, um, Tiger, you played this on a CRT?
3: Yes, I played it on a CRT. That is so cool. Did that? Do you
2: think that made the 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 visual experience better?
3: I mean, it's a really bad CRT I'm playing on it, so probably not. <laughs> well, a bad
1: CRT tends to make uh, unimpressive-looking games look much better. Because you can imagine all the detail. Yeah, it's just like, even I mean, better, just close good. your eyes. <laughs> like, the dark forest behind the dark violin enemy uh, looks remarkable in its depth, and I do not think that sort of depth was present uh in any of our games
0: i'm imagining that, imagining that every tree limb is even more like a penis than I would normally if we had a crisp, clear screenshot from an emulator <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, yeah i I went to some interesting means to play this on actual hardware and from from uh, buying a legitimate English copy of this game because uh, <laughs> I I like experiencing stuff with original hardware and went to absurd lengths to do that.
2: I don't believe legitimate is the word you meant. Wait, what word do you mean? Legal. 100% legal. You can't sue us, Nintendo.
1: Oh, I just mean there's nothing legitimate about
3: the English in this game.
2: Oh, Oh, yes, I see. Yeah,
3: definitely not. (laughs) No, 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 no. This I, I had... Two instances that really jumped out at me that I hadn't seen reported in other places that it was like, what? With Um, there were these guys who are just these big tough guys, and they have a move where they get stronger, and I think the idea is, oh, light is reflecting off their head, and I'm like, that that's a cute idea, but they translated that move as skinhead. Oh,
2: I saw that and I didn't get why it was called skinhead at all. I was just like
3: Okay, that's a weird, that's weird. And a really terrible line where somebody called something a crack-brained scheme. Mm. Yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ.
1: I'm going to be saving most of my terrible, terrible writing for the investigation section.
2: Yeah, investigation. Fair. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have a huge dump in investigation. So, <laughs> um, it's a like huge
1: horn uh blasting through a snow goose. Oh god!
2: <laughs> oh god! Um, how about the music though? How about that music though?
3: It, what music? <laughs> yeah, it was it was like the most RPG Maker ass almost Dragon Quest music I've heard outside of an RPG Maker game.
2: Yeah, this, like, it was so weirdly boring. It wasn't grating too too badly. It was just, like, how did you pull this, like, shitty version of Dragon Quest music out of the ether? Like, I don't understand.
3: I'd actually like to take that back. I've heard better music in most RPG Maker default music sets than this game has, honestly.
0: Yeah, the RPG uh,
2: Maker default music kind of rules. Sorry, go ahead, Tolpa.
3: I I actually don't
1: mind the music, like, it's not exciting, but it's not terrible either, and, uh, I don't know, like, it's just there, I can't, like, build up any ire for it, like, it doesn't bother me
2: well that's i it's almost remarkable in how little I thought about the music while I was playing the game like that's what I think is most remarkable about this soundtrack is that somehow even though some of the songs are like forty five seconds in loop it's not grading, but i don't remember any tunes whatsoever. I remember none of it. I barely even remember the instrumentation that they use like it, it just slipped through my mind and I mean that's left part no of impression it
1: for me actually is that I think the instrumentation they use is quite nice, like the tunes themselves are remarkably boring but it sounds
3: good on a super nintendo it it did do that and i and i'm exaggerating how much i disliked it it's just a lot of this game had so much incredibly fine attention to detail that i that i think i'll go into perhaps with the next thing in the next category but uh, the music wasn't and it really stood out
2: yeah, I will say I feel like this game other than again other than the translation which I found charming but understand that it could be grating. Um and also had terrible terrible parts in it. Uh but I feel like this game was very charming and it it like the even the art for the monsters is in it's not just a Dragon Quest ripoff. There are a lot more humanoid characters. They're not all like these, you know, silly cute monsters. They've got some interesting designs like the Dogler Army Squad guy. He's got this big scimitar thing. That's the curved swords, right? Um, he's wearing like a Mad Max-esque like goggles and like mask combo. I mean, he looks great. Ernie is
4: the best design in the entire game.
2: Ernie
1: is a very good design. I honestly liked a lot of the party members he could choose.
0: This is definitely vanity, because this is definitely aesthetic. I want to read this sentence. If so, what unearthed it and caused it to plummet into our remote island? What the fuck is this sentence? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of the sentence structure is really awkward. (laughs) All these fucking sentences are all over this translation, and I hate them. I hate them.
1: It definitely has the feel of uh someone who is not a good writer trying to punch up everything.
2: Yeah, that's what it feels like. It, the translation reminds me uh most closely of uh the first version of the oh god, Treasure of the Rudras, uh that the AGTB did, AGTP did. Uh it it had these weird in jokes and, and like I think it had fake accents at some point. It just wasn't good. And it felt like somebody trying a little too hard. V2 is amazing. V1 was like back in 2001 or something ridiculous. I think it was an early translation effort. It just wasn't tremendous. This is on a lower rung than that, though.
0: (laughs) This is like when when I was a junior in high school and we had finished taking, I think it was Like AP U.S. History, we took the AP test, and then we didn't have any... Technically, we were done for the year, so we did some sort of... We did a group project on a teacher strike, because it turns out my AP U.S. History teacher was kind of awesome. Hell yeah. Um, So we did a, a, a living history thing where we did... We were all... Each of our groups was given... Uh, a different aspect of this teacher strike that happened in like the 70s to cover and we interviewed teachers that were part of it and went through old newspapers and did all this stuff and one of the things I did was go through all of our groups written stuff and edit it to make sure it wasn't crap and just did a pass made sure it wasn't redundant Made sure it didn't drive me crazy and then somebody else went through and wanted to make it look like we had done more work just up to the word count they just went through and took the file and Added a bunch of bullshit and then they turned it in like that. That's what this translation reads like. Yeah, it's like a junior in high school went through it and went, I need to look like I did more work. Yeah, there's a lot of like
1: wasted verbiage, especially when you like every single time you like open a treasure chest or look in a pot or anything like that. It's easily two to three times longer than it should be for that simple action.
0: Yeah, I'm still annoyed about this thing that happened literally 20 years ago. <laughs> Is that the most Shrug thing?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I get annoyed about stuff that happened 20 years ago, though.
1: <laughs> well, Shrug wouldn't want to live in a world without grudges.
2: <laughs> um, so uh... Let's talk about who we chose for our party, because about... An hour into the game, you get the option. I have to. I'll tell a story about this in Gun, but you get the option of choosing up to three other party members to join you. And there's like eight, or I, I, there's actually like twelve because you can find them throughout the game. Uh, but there's like eight or nine to begin with. God, there's even more than that. Anyway, there's a lot. Uh, so yeah, who did who did we go with?
1: I went with uh, main character Ernie, Babu, and Garo. So I went with. Main character, the urn, of course. I think everyone gets the urn because it's the best character design. Uh, the like plot important, uh, kaiju, babu, and uh, garo the werewolf because I needed someone who could fight.
4: I picked the exact same party as Tulpa.
0: I went with that's about when I got distracted by the chat and stopped playing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, went with. For the first time I set out, I uh, picked main character, or er, Garu, uh, Kyra, who's uh, who's like a, a spunky princess who wants to go out on adventures, and uh, originally I picked, um, I think her name was Laura or Linda, because she's Linda. A, Linda. she's a general cleric character who is extremely useful in extremely small circumstances, but is kind of terrible in the other set in most other situations and then I switched her out with Babu and I had a much better time
1: yeah so so I, I do want to briefly go over uh, the reasons why I picked uh, uh, Babu and Garo uh, Garo has an eye patch and is a werewolf, so that instantly makes him a much more interesting character than most of them, and Babu, uh, is just extremely cute. It, it's a, it's a little white monster with a green horn.
2: I, I went with, uh, the werewolf Garo. I went with Ernie because of why the fuck not? He's a secret character. Technically he you, he's in one of the, well, he is one of the urns that you can search in the little hero warehouse. They all stay in. And then I, the, the only one I went different with was, uh, tokia who is, she's 10 years old. So I thought it was hilarious. She uses a bow and also weather magic. So I, I had two mages, a fighter and my main character.
4: I picked Babu because he was set in the beginning of the game and I picked Garo because I wanted to punch things.
2: And Garo is, is a clear, great choice. (laughs) And we'll get into why some of these uh, make sense. And some of them don't in gun, but uh, Garo is definitely 100%. If you want an easy time for some, at least some of it, pick him. I think you could solo the game with him.
3: He, he is so OP. Like, I'll get into that when we talk about the mechanics, but yeah, he is—he is very OP.
0: Has there ever been a werewolf character in a video game that isn't named some ver- variation on Garou or Loop,
3: or Wolf in any other language? What about uh what about the guy from Darkstalkers?
2: You mean Wolfie McWolferson? <laughs> I don't know who the guy in Darkstalkers is.
4: Oh, John Talbain. Oh yeah, I forgot about him.
2: What's the wolf's name uh, yeah. in uh what's the wolf's name in Killer Instinct? Sabre Wolf. Oh yeah, Sabre Wolf. Okay, that that's a rare joke. I forgot about that. Um the other thing I wanted to talk about in Vanity is I think the battle backgrounds are really, really cool and good and great. Um they' Are like the opposite of the overworld. Like they do take on whatever you're in in the overworld, but they look so much better. Like just, I don't know. I don't really have anything in specific to call out for them. They just look really good, especially the dungeon
0: one I thought was really nice. Uh, John oh. Talbin's name, John Talbin's name, his Japanese name is Galen, Japanese name, Ramaji Garon. Garun, Garun.
1: Yeah, yeah. I that's, see that's,
0: you,
3: Japan.
1: Like, that's literally his name is Werewolf in, in French.
3: It's terrible. One weird little detail that a lot of this game uses, including in the battlebacks, but also on the the overworld, is it uses a very large amount of pixel cycling instead of animation for the backgrounds.
2: Yeah, it uses that to pretty good effect too. I thought that was, it's a cheap way of getting good animation,
3: right? Like you don't have to draw new stuff, you just, yeah, you, uh, change your palette. Yeah, I mean, it's not a cheap way to do it, it's just, like, cheap from a memory perspective, because the way it works is it just changes the pixels to be a different color, and that, and those colors you pick can make it look like, uh, a cascading color effect. It, It was really common in a lot of stuff on PCs before this but the Super Nintendo generally had enough memory to just have actual animation for this so I'd love to know why they went with that technique.
2: I would still guess it was easier than than making new art for animations, but what do I know? it you, the battle backgrounds are all also mirrored as well, so maybe it was a memory thing though, too. You know they have some pretty big ass sprites, and you can have you know four party members are all pretty big, and then up to four enemies on the screen as well, and they're all pretty big as well, so maybe that's it, but I don't really know enough about the Super Nintendo hardware to speak with it to it with authority.
3: And they do have new enemies all the way to the end, so there might have been just some cartridge storage issues, too. At least in up to 11 hours, there are still new enemies being introduced with every area. There are some pallet swaps, but there's at least one or two new, completely new sprites every place.
2: That's really... that's Yeah, see, I, uh, this game is so close.
0: Um, what Anything else for Vanity?
2: Uh,
0: I suppose it is important to note that perp is slang for purple drank which I suspected but didn't want to state without looking into first. There is also a strain of marijuana called the perp. So the perp. Perfect. Either so this might be an anti-drug game unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately. I mean, purple drink is kind of dangerous. We Especially if you're a
2: hermit crab, mm-hmm. you're already having problems with your metabolism. If you're a hermit crab, I think, um, all right. Anything else for vanity before we move on? I'm beautiful. You should all know it. And that is, that's the true spirit of vanity. We're all beautiful. And you can't tell because this is an audio medium.
0: I have, pretty strong profile
2: all right let's let's move on we're going to talk about our next it's okay it's pretty It's a pretty good profile it's let's move on to um our next category which is gun and i think there's quite a bit to talk about here god this game gets close to being like really really good and it just keeps missing the mark just a little bit i feel like it but but what are our takes i guess on the the well let me actually i want to break down some of the more specific mechanics in this game so that people have an idea of what's going on so like i said you can pick your party very early on And you just bring them with you, and they level up, uh, you know, with you. They all start at level 1, so there's not, like, party members coming into your party directly throughout the game and bulking you up. There's nobody leaving. There's no story reason for having them or not. Um,
3: So, you know, there's that. You do pick up a couple other characters later on that you can then recruit. Are they level 1 when you pick them up, out of curiosity? Oh dang! I never actually checked that, but I think so because of the way the rest of the game works.
2: Yeah, like every
3: yeah that that
2: kind of baffled me because I knew you pick up characters later in the game, like pretty late in the game, and uh, it's they start at level one. I would never go back to pick them up, but whatever. Um, <laughs> there's only one or maybe two places in the game where you can change your party anyway, and as far as I know, there's no fast travel or airship or anything like
3: that there is definitely fast travel it took a while to get to it but it is there is definitely a very good fast travel system in this game.
2: Oh good. I want to talk about that then cuz that that really annoyed me cuz I'm like I'm going to have to wa- it's going to take me 30 minutes to get back to uh the town to switch party members if I ever want to. So that's good. Um and then, yeah, pr- other than that, it's pretty much a Dragon Quest thing. You know, turn-based, you, whoever has the highest speed goes first. You're not No action, uh, you know, no active time battles going on here. Uh, your characters have basically three different kinds of attacks they can do, but most of them really only utilize two. So you can have attacks, you've got magic, and then you've got skills, uh, which are basically, like, free magic sometimes. I don't know, but, uh yeah.
3: Yeah, um... Everybody I've seen in the game picks up skills later.
2: Oh, good. Okay, cool. That's good, because I would hate to see characters only stuck with two forever. Garo is only stuck with two. He gets his skill real early on, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't ever get any magic.
3: So No magic, but he gets two more skills, and they kind of break the combat system a little bit.
2: I was reading about those, and I'm like, "That's gonna break this game wide the fuck open." <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And other than that, there's really not much to it. There's a couple of weird little things that it does. Like, it has an early—actually, I don't know when Pokemon was released. It was after this. It has an early version of essentially the HM system with uh, that Pokemon had, where you pick up characters, but they don't... They're not in your party. They basically sit in your pocket in some unexplained way, and they can do things like move boulders or climb, like, up a wall. Some of them are optional, and they'll do things like scout ahead for you on the world map. I don't know how that works. I just read about it. Yeah, did it. Any-
4: keep them in a mirror, a magic mirror?
2: Is that how that works? It looks like that's how it works. It's never explained, because I just picked up, like, in the very... I think the third town, maybe the second town. I just checked a well and fought a monster or something. I don't even remember. And a thief pops out and was like, hey, I'll help you out whenever you need it. And then practically jumped into my pocket. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, but, yeah, there's, other than that, it's pretty much standard Dragon Quest fare. So, uh, yeah, what did we think of the gun in this game?
0: I selected a sword from a menu, and then I moved a shell, and then I hit the button again, and then they died. I healed myself once. I didn't play much of the game. I'm done. It's been nice being on the podcast. Please continue.
1: It's Dragon Quest, but easy. Which is saying something, because Dragon Quest is not a challenging series of games already.
4: Mm-hmm. This
1: is just a game you can sleepwalk through.
4: You can play this game with your eyes closed, just match the a button. It's really good when you just want to chill out and see some pretty flashes, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be a pretty fun experience. Uh, So i just mash my way through this if I had, like, a a fever or something and didn't really care about studying hard or learning
3: anything. (laughs) You can... There is one little wrinkle to it that I've barely used at all, but you can set macros. So you can say, I want this guy to cast a spell and this gal to whip one whip a monster because one of the girls uses whips um and you could or this person should boomerang something and you can just set that out as a list and you have several of those several slots you can use for that and i never used it it except in one specific situation but yeah it's there
4: oh i totally used that once i learned about those uh, i had like most of the people attack and then Ernie summoned, like, his weakest summon to save on MP, and it just wrecked everything, honestly.
2: Yeah, I did the same thing. I I set up three macros. In fact, I had one called KILL, in all caps, and it was just everybody attacks when I just really don't care. I had Magic Kill, which was my two attackers attack and my two mages use their weakest spell. And then I had one called BOOM, which was the two attackers attack because that's the best thing they can do. And then the mages use their strongest spell, which I upgraded as they got stronger spells. So I mostly did that just to blaze through the random battles and then occasionally, like, for leveling up, what I would do is use the BOOM, thing to go faster and then just go heal when I ran out of MP, which actually uh, never happened. Uh, the one time I sat there and leveled up a bit because I needed some more cash for something. Um, I kept leveling up at such a speed that I didn't ever need to go
0: heal, <laughs> which was funny.
4: Because I don't know what I was doing wrong. I kept losing MP all the time, honestly.
0: I just remembered I ran into a big wrinkle. Uh in the first, the second town, the first real town, when I went downstairs into the sea of identical bunker people and found the set of mostly identical people who are all shops, I found the weapon man, and I went down the list of weapons, and I can't read, so... When I saw that there was something called a big hammer, I think it was the big hammer. I went, whoa, shit, a big hammer. And the big hammer has the biggest numbers. So I bought the big hammer, and then I went into the menu. I could not equip the big hammer because the main dude can't use big hammers. He has to use swords. He cannot fathom hitting something with a hammer. And I thought, well, I guess I'm going to have to wander out into the wilderness and hit things with my bare fists. Oh, well. Then I wandered around in the bunker some more. I found another hundred shells in a chest. Excuse me, pearls in a chest. And went back and bought a weapon that worked. So it wasn't much of a stumbling block. But for a second there, I thought I had hit a slight speed bump. There?
2: Yeah. <laughs> there there are two consequences of uh well no there's only one there's one consequence of people only being able to use very specific weapons so remember you've got like 12 characters or something almost all of them use slightly different types of weapons so that means there has to be that many different weapon types in the dungeon for the final boss i found six weapons i could only use one of them and so it was so annoying because it's just like i would find this cool thing and i'm like i can't fucking use this so it just became very irritating um the other little wrinkle uh, as far as if we're talking about difficulty here. Uh, this game is very easy. I did die experimentally once, um, and what happens when you die is you go back to your last save, and you can only save on the overworld. You cannot save in ends. So there is the slight possibility that you could save on the overworld in your only save slot with one hit point because you're poisoned, and then never be able to get back to town, because you can fail to run away. So it's a—it's actually, if you were to get in a tricky situation like that, uh, that could be bad. I can't picture anybody actually doing that, but it is slightly more cruel than Dragon Quest if, if you die. Dragon Quest just cuts your gold in half, sends you back to town. This game is like, fuck you, I hope you saved recently, idiot.
3: <laughs> there are a couple save points right before a couple of the bosses, too, it should be noted.
2: Oh yeah, I only figured out what those symbols meant, uh, like the fourth time I saw one. <laughs> so yeah, you can save in some of the dungeons, but you have to find a specific spot. I, I feel like there's so many things in this game that got really close to being good, but just didn't quite get there. Like the experience curve is, is, kind of weird like i felt like i leveled up really a whole bunch in the early part and then i didn't level up a whole lot for the middle part and then once i got past the first boss i leveled up a bunch i was getting tons of experience from these groups of enemies i gained like three levels for everybody in my party in about 10 minutes <laughs> it, it that was weird
3: yeah the and when you level up you heal and restore all magic so it makes needing healing magic Basically not a thing most of the time, except when you're like a little over leveled and then you do need healing magic right
2: because you're you're not able to heal from leveling up so that's that's a weird thing um healing magic is basically useless though because you can buy a decent healing item for like thirty shells pearls uh and so you can just stock up on those and you'll be fine the main character has a heal spell he can use a few times i mean so healing magic is practically useless and like i don't know i just felt like everything was was close the same thing i i went maybe an hour and a half without being able to go to a shop unless i backtrap backtracked for at least 15 minutes like there were no shops for a long time so i was actually concerned about running out of healing items and then not being able to make it through a dungeon and having to go backwards
3: it's just weird balance issues and then after a while your character levels up and gets a spell called warple which i thought was a fun name yeah and uh, you can just teleport anywhere oh that teleports you to any town any town you've previously been to, and one cottage in the snow area. What?
2: Oh, my God. Okay, so I got that spell, but I never used it. I thought it was like um, teleport from Pokemon. It would just send you back to the last town you were at.
3: No, that's a different ability that some of the characters get, but the hero doesn't get till after Warpal, I think.
2: Oh, that's so stupid. And I spent the first hour of this game with nothing interesting to do. Actually, that's not even true. I spent the first three hours of this game with nothing interesting to do as far as skills and magic were concerned. It was just like, you either use the biggest one or don't use anything at all. I mean, I don't know. It's just weird. And then then the game suddenly gets really broken because, like, uh, at least for me, Garu got his... Uh, like razor claw thing, which is fifty percent damage, but it hits all the enemies. So if you've got four, three, four enemies on the screen, it's definitely the thing to do. And then, uh, what's her face? The ten-year-old girl got a spell that poisoned every enemy for thirty damage every turn. There's what? It poisoned the boss. I defeated the one boss that I encountered. He only had an atta- uh, one attack. He attacked once. He bulked up, attacked once, and died. <laughs>
3: Uh That does remind me, though, there's a cool moment in a boss fight later in the game where a boss is completely uh invincible until you get a squirt gun, which you have to get from talking to one kid after you rescue this one kid. And you get the squirt gun, and you squirt this guy, and his armor is completely destroyed, and then he can be affected by attacks and spells. Does his sprite change? No, oddly enough. <laughs> well, that's really sad. And, oh, going back to that Garu thing, he eventually gets an ability that you can do 1.5 damage to one enemy, but it reduces your defense. However, only the first defense reduction actually counts. And if you use a defense boost spell, he has a higher defense than he started with. And then I now have an ability that for a very small amount of hit points, I can attack every enemy for 1.5 damage. And, yeah, Garu is broken.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean the poison spell on its own was broken cuz it hardly it, it only misses enemies that are uh that have some sort of resistant to resistance to poison but it always does 30 damage if it hits and it's got like a 50% chance of hitting even them and if it hits they take 30 damage every turn after that it's ridiculous this is a game with low numbers like Enemies have maybe, like, big, chunky enemies that I was encountering have, like, 70 hit points, you know? So this is absurd.
1: Uh, So, like, one of the things about JRPGs is, in principle, I think it's fun to break a JRPG if if, like, it's fun to exploit mechanics in an interesting way, but it's not gratifying to, like, uh, be overpowered in a game that's already trivially easy. Uh so so it's it's one of those things where this could have been good if it was like at least closer to standard Dragon Quest level of difficulty.
2: Yeah, because like I very rarely found myself in a situation that was more than annoying. Because and that's another thing. <clears throat> once you have a little bit of speed, once you've leveled up a little bit, you can run away from almost every encounter um, in fact, I stopped failing at running away after about two hours. I just could always run away. So what I'd end up doing is like, I would find myself a little bit low on hit points or like my, you know, my healing spell. I couldn't use it anymore because the hero had run out of hit po- uh, magic points. So I would just run away from all the encounters until I got to the boss. Cause it was just like, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> and this game is already easy, but the encounter rate is insane. The encounter rate is like, I would say, most, like, the overworld is between 5 and 12 steps, and in dungeons it's maybe more like between 8 and 16 steps or something like that on average. Like, it's really high.
3: <laughs> I honestly think the difficulty curve in this game would be more fun if it was lower. Yeah, because you wouldn't level up so
2: fast. <laughs> like, the, the, the best thing about Dragon Quest always is at least in my mind because the way that I run is I don't level up very much and I try and get as far as I can until I feel like I can't anymore and then I go back to town and heal but I've leveled up a bunch and maybe I can go a little bit farther next time it's a it's a resource management thing and it's a gambling thing of course it's a gambling thing uh, this game doesn't have any of that it's just like well I'm just going to push on and run away from everything and then just kill the boss so I can you know move on with my damn life <laughs>
4: Yeah,
1: and, and like, the thing about most Trident Quest games is that the the systems are actually pretty engaging if you avoid grinding or leveling up in any way. Like, uh, uh, when you are forced to use all of your resources that you have to get through a section, it's much more gratifying when you have a victory than if you, like, just spent an hour walking in a circle fighting as many slimes as you can.
2: Right. And, and this, you don't even have the opportunity to do that in this game. Um Yeah. So it's, it's, it, it just misses the mark. And like, it is like, I, I was making this comparison in chat when we are talking about the game a little bit earlier, but um, I've been watching a lot of Bake Off, of course. And so one of the things that happens is somebody will make a very basic thing and, when you do that, you can't hide behind decorations or weird flavors or something. So what you do has to be perfect. It has to be on point. And this game is a great demonstration of how when you strip away everything and you make just a basic RPG, if you're not on point, it sucks. Like it, this game doesn't suck. It's just, it's the oatmeal of JRPGs. It doesn't have anything going on for it. And then, so that's what I feel like. J- Dragon Quest is the perfect chocolate chip cookie or whatever and this thing it has too much baking soda you know
1: <laughs> this yes. thing substituted salt instead of sugar
3: oops yeah that's i i feel exactly the same way about it and there's some uh, like it has so many great tiny details outside of the fighting that i almost don't care though i
2: have trouble with games that waste my time mechanically not being pissed off at everything else so when somebody when i would get stuck in a long cutscene or or like you know 17 dialogue boxes into a conversation i i would get even more frustrated but that's i can see where like i w- it was charming enough to keep me going like normally i would drop this game after about the you know the required hour i did keep pushing through for four hours because i wanted to beat the boss um but yeah i just it didn't make up for it enough uh, for me.
3: It gets so much less talky after you beat Dongler.
0: Wait, which? Oh, yeah, Do- Dongler? Don- Don- dongler?
3: Yeah. That was Dongler.
0: Dongler?
4: It's Dogler. Dongler.
0: Do-gler. Like,
2: dongler is way better.
1: Yeah, it's Dongler now.
2: It's Dongler. I mean, it fits in with the rest of the fucking translation.
1: No, it's
0: a little Raise bit too sweary
1: for, uh, for this translation, because this translation has a very uh, racist grandpa vibe to it, where swearing is polite, but uh, uh, cracking jokes about uh, minorities
3: is a-okay. Hey,
2: I do think some bitches comes up in this game at once.
3: There were two attempts to translate this, and I think they took part of the translation from the earlier attempt, and I think that might be a seam where the two translations show through.
2: Uh, here's one. We're not in... I'm just reading stuff now. Goblins. I hate goblins. They don't show me shit. I mean, they ain't nothing. Now, first of all, I don't know what they don't show me shit means. I don't... does. It's not a phrase.
0: But there's a little, uh, like, you know, minced cussing, I guess. They, uh... Every time they go after or seek out a goblin for an erotic favor, the goblin will not reveal their most private goblin parts to them, no matter what they offer, and so they resent goblins. I think that's what's going on there. They won't, they won't show them their goblin shit. (laughs) That's it. But there's
1: also there's Ms. Cursing right in the beginning of the game uh, with uh, scared spitless, which is not a not a phrase.
2: That that felt like a like Ted Woolsey's
0: uh, I don't know that's, shit cousin. That's definitely a phrase if you grew up in a uh, fundamentalist Christian household in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I heard that before. That's why I keep. Yeah.
1: That's why I keep calling it a racist grandpa game because it has a very like fundamentalist Midwestern vibe to it. Also, also, uh, the third town constantly refers to uh, there's like a bunch of kidnapped girls and uh, people just keep calling them coochie coo girls, which is the most nauseating phrase I've seen.
2: What yeah, the- that's. I was going to bring that up. It's so awful. <laughs>
3: I, that, that's, that's almost on par with that is they call a character kissy pixie at one point. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) I would like to say something like that. The uh, goblin comment reminded me that you have, there are tiny fragments of text and dialogue and even like little backstory you only get if you have certain party members with you at certain times in the game.
2: Yeah, I only encountered that one. That was the werewolf. Apparently he hates goblins. The, the rest of them, there was, after you beat the first boss, each of the characters talks to you in turn. So I assume each character gets like a little different thing. Uh, but, uh, that's the only character specific thing that I encountered. But that was cool. That's a, that's a nice touch, you know, like that's, that's cool.
3: Plus most of the times it starts turning into a cutscene after a certain point instead of just like telling you some boring thing about the world. It actually, there's all these hidden sequences you can watch that give you the origin story for all the party members and find out why they're there and what makes them cool.
2: That's pretty rad. I mean, that's like, again, I feel like this game just misses the mark by a little bit. This could have been like, And I'm sure that there are people who remember this series, because it is a series, by the way. I didn't talk about that because I'm a failure. This is is a sequel to a Famicom game. This game itself had a sequel on the Super Nintendo, on the Super Famicom. And then there were two... Game Boy games, well, a Game Boy and a Game Boy Color game as well. So there are five of these games in total. None of them made made it over to the U.S. Only one has been fan translated. So they must have been relatively successful, and I'm sure a lot of people remember them fondly. Uh, I just feel like you know, and it didn't make the impact that something like 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 your your second string kind of RPGs do. Like it didn't even get to there. But anyway, um, Gun. What else is there for Gun? I really can't can't like. I can't think of too much to talk about in Gun, except that I felt like it was weirdly unbalanced and slightly frustrating.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and it moves past frustrating to just being pointless later on, mostly.
2: Yeah, that's what I always worry about with RPGs that are a little too easy. It it just becomes pointless, you know?
3: (laughs) Maybe it's expecting you to switch out party members regularly or something. That would almost make sense.
2: Yeah, if there were any challenge to this, I could see switching out party members for certain situations. Like, well, that's one thing that they do do. A lot of the enemies have specific, uh, weaknesses and strengths, and that, that can be a bit of a pain in the ass. Like, when you're, you, like the assassins, Dogler's assassin squad are pretty much resistant to all magic that I could use anyway. Um so that, was a pain in the ass and I'd have to use the like more attacking characters and then vice versa. Like with dogler, the boss was very resistant to uh just, a, you know, straight up attacks. But you know, then I poisoned his ass and he died. <laughs> so I could see like you could do that, but there's really no point. It's easier to just blaze on with your overleveled characters. Would be weird to roll through this game with just a full attack party
3: though. Like with no real magic users that that might actually be really tedious. <laughs> I'm not even sure you can. I think the only full attack character is Garu.
2: There's the big rock guy. I think he's attack and defense. I don't know. Maybe he has magic.
1: Yeah, I was thinking of the big rock guy as the other other obviously full attack one. And I think there's one more that is primarily attack. Either way, uh, that just
3: sounds tedious. The bird jail guard? Wait, what? There's a bird jail guard? Yeah, there's a bird and it turns out he's a prison guard later because you find a prison colony and he apparently was like the one nice prison guard. And yeah, the prison colony, there was a a prison revolt and now everyone regrets having the prison revolt because a jerk took over and it's a really weird and comfortable thing. And I don't know if how much of that's from the original game and how much is from the translation.
0: Oh boy!
1: <laughs> I am going to just casually blame the translation for every fault in the writing in this game because uh, it is apparent right from the beginning that they were they were very fast and loose with this translation.
2: Yeah, they sure the heck were. <laughs> like it again, like Ted Woolsey's crappy cousin. It feels very like we. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I it's mean, weird. Ted Woolsey. Uh, Like adapted a lot of stuff, but like I don't feel like he would just change things randomly with no reason behind those changes.
2: That's fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I shouldn't disparage him because he. I mean, his translations were strange, but he was also like just blazing through these things. The the only reason we saw some of these games is because he was able to translate them so quickly and like effortlessly, seemingly. so yeah in any case Uh, what else do we have for gun I think that's it alright let's move on to our next top oh wait it's salaryman corner I don't remember what game we were gonna play, and I don't have the ROM pack either. So I hope someone played it, but not me.
1: It's
3: like Pachinko mini game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, any, <laughs> did anyone play it? <laughs> I I I played it a bit.
2: What'd you think, Tiger?
0: <laughs> it better have been the full five minutes, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> Wait, let me let me read the title cuz I've got it up. Uh par- Parlor Mini 5 Pachinko Jiki Simulation Game.
2: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play this. It's a pachinko game. <laughs>
3: I have a very small number of observations. First observation, it has a cool old startup sequence. I think all of these gambling games have a really cool Mode 7 logo that begins with, because uh, the one I think last week also did. Two, it has a mode where it lets you cheat on exactly one pin and decide exactly what, and decide where the balls go when they hit exactly one pin. And three, you can press the X button to look at the screen and watch the little animations when the slot machine mode on the Chenko machine runs and that's basically everything i observed that was even remotely interesting about this
2: and we're done <laughs> that's amazing okay well i'll try and put some of the music in is the music any good
3: it was actually it mostly doesn't have music. It only has music when the slot machine is on, and otherwise it's just these like vague sound effects when you spin a wheel, and is mostly silent.
0: And that's called verisimilitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, you're
1: able to customize where the pins on the pachinko boards are, which is interesting.
2: Oh, weird. So, wait, wait. So, Tiger, you are saying you can make it so that when uh, a ball hits a pin, you can choose one of them where to choose where the ball goes, but you can also move the I, pins, it sounds like. That's weird.
3: That was my interpretation of it, because I didn't see the pins appear or disappear, but I could have just been reading it wrong, because it looked like a little arrow appeared when I selected a pin.
2: Hmm, interesting.
1: Pachinko yeah, maker. Yeah, that's what I meant. There's a little arrow that... Uh... Uh, just alters the pin, I guess. It, it like,
2: bends the pin, I think. Oh, I wonder if that's, like, I've played this pachinko machine in real life in this certain parlor, and this pin is bent a certain
3: way? I don't fucking know. What do I know? That'd be really cool. If Me? I was a salary man and wanted to have the real broken pachinko machine experience...
2: <laughs> I'm practicing at home. Now, no, fuck off. I have to
3: bend all the pins. Uh, you don't even button.
1: have to, like, press the button to start the pachinko machine in this. It, like, literally just...
3: Yeah, just you said how, how hard do you want the balls to fly and watch them go. Wow.
2: Well, I think that's it for this Salaryman Corner, in which I didn't even ever say the name of the game. Oh, my God. This is the worst. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, too, for playing it. I appreciate
0: hey. it. Hey. Hey, Clint. Yeah? You're doing great. Oh, thanks, Shrek. Everyone appreciates everything you do.
2: Yeah. Clint,
1: you're doing great. It's okay to not play a Pachinko game. Okay. Is not here, so I can say that.
2: Hi, <laughs> <saw> Karina
0: <laughs> Thanks. Oh, okay. All right. You know, you're really busy right now. Uh, life's throwing you some curveballs, and we know that. Everything's fine. You just need to live. You just need to live.
4: <laughs> this you know game what? sounds more fun than Daikaiju. <laughs>
2: oh well i'm thanks everybody i actually feel better now um all right i mean
1: both of these games are essentially screensaver games in that they play themselves
2: (laughs) screensaver games should be a whole like actual genre i want more of those um let's move on to our next topic it's not salaryman corner remember we're playing dead kaiju monogatari blah 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 let's move on to our next category which is of course investigation Where we talk about the things that we found inside the game, outside the game. Tiger, as always, you have done a great amount of research, but let's uh, yeah, let's let's just dive in. What do we have for investigation?
4: Alright, well, let me start here first, because I have two important things to say. Oh yes. This game is an Isekai, and there's not a single frickin' Daikaiju in it at all, and I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Translators know isekai means secondary world. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Further, no. This is before uh, light novels were dominated by isekai works, so it is more forgiving.
3: I mean, it was, out like, this is post Fushigi Yugi and a number of other things. Like, I think maybe after Magic Knight Raiders manga, too. This was slowly starting to ramp up at this point.
1: Well, but I I mean, in the modern context, I can't believe my little sister is in MMORPG Uh, stuff.
3: Oh, before it was horny. Got it.
0: (laughs) No wonder I hated it so much. Not horny enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was getting at.
3: There are some bits where the game tells you you can build a bath because it's good to get girls into the bath, which is horrifying. I'm
1: also going to assume that is something the translators brought to the game.
3: Is that like Build a Bear? (laughs) Well, it's, it's part of the town building subsystem, I forgot to mention until right now.
2: Oh, God, yes, I I just barely got to that, which, oh, wow, what a weird thing to do. Yes, you can build a tiny town. Just
0: barely got to there. You Uh, can build.
3: You can build a tiny town. You get a cre- you can build a shop, some shops that are exactly the same as they are anywhere else. You can build a couple houses and get a little bit of dialogue that you can, that you can only get there. You can get one backstory for one character if you build a bar and find out he's a the wizard is a drunken lech, and that's basically all it was. And I was oh, except for the bit where you can all hang out in a park and someone takes your picture, which was the best thing.
2: That does rule. Do you get like unique art for the picture?
3: No, you just see an animation, then it's over, and you wonder why you spent, like, 100,000 pearls to do that.
2: No, I was going to say, I I just barely got to that, and I saw the prices for building things. You can only build four things. I think they were each 10,000 or 10,001,
3: 10,002. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot. I got the money, and I tried every option and saved and loaded and, Honestly, you get cooler stuff if you wait and, like, free some people by buying their freedom or helping someone pay off a loan and that kind of thing, and you get more cool stuff if you do it that way. So there's not really any reason to spend the money on the town.
0: Does the lecherous wizard take a bath?
3: Anyone takes a bath.
0: Cool. Does
1: the wizard's staff have a knob on it?
0: (laughs) You know it. Does it have a cool crystal?
1: I'm sorry, I'm not a pervert. I was just making a reference to the Discworld novels, which might be a worse thing to do.
0: I like
2: Discworld, come on. Just because it's basic doesn't mean it's
1: bad. (laughs) I like Discworld, too, but making references to Discworld novels is like quoting Monty Python.
4: You guys Mm. went off on the wrong tangent. Why is there not a single Dai kaiju in this game when it's in the title? I didn't, I got screwed wow. out of my giant monster
0: we, content. We were just talking about the wis- Wizards'
3: Nabi staff. <laughs> so, I think, if I'm understanding this right, and I don't know Japanese, so this could be completely bullshit, I think die in this case can just mean super instead of large, because I think the first one is just called Kaiju Man- Managato. Manag- it's just called Monster Story. Monogatari. Monogatari, yeah. And so this one is, this is just super shell monster story is the translation, not big monster story, unfortunately.
0: No, the uh, big monster is the wizard's knobby staff. I just said, and I have his hit that gnarled,
2: deformed the- staff. <laughs> I, think I was going to use the word gnarled. Thank you,
0: Tulpa. <laughs> Grizzled, hoary, I uh, mean <laughs> as in, like, hoarfrost, not as in. in. The dye that is
1: used in that title is, in fact, it just means uh larger big.
3: Oh, okay.
1: But I suspect that uh, in this case, its use as a prefix is being applied to the entire title and not just to the kaiju part. So it's a big monster story.
0: Full by Japanese again. Not a big monster of story? Is it's it... not a
4: story of big
1: monsters, it's a
0: big story
1: of monsters.
0: There we go. We've got it. Cool. Should I, <laughs> should I still I... like my staff theory? Hey hit it, Tiger. <laughs>
3: So, Birthday's a really weird company, and there's almost nothing- Birthday, no- girl. It- <laughs> <laughs> and there's almost nothing about Birthday in English, and most English sources just act like they're some random fly-by-night game developer. But, Jenny? Japanese-
2: Go on. Just to, yeah, they're the, 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 yeah, they developed this game. You said game developer. I wanted to make sure we caught up our listeners in case they weren't paying attention to the first part. Cause God knows when I turn on a podcast, I do not listen for a solid five minutes. <laughs> all right. Go ahead.
3: But, uh, I'm not sure they actually were game developers at all. Cause, uh, this is through Google translate. So I'm no. So this is potentially inaccurate, but I did find a couple places that said this. I think they're just a design firm that, like, did contract work with some companies, and they owned a couple franchises, and other people made the game. Because it says on the uh, Japanese page for them that they seem to have not actually handled the development parts, such as game programs, to use Google translates phrasing. And I think there's some evidence for this because they haven't made a, they didn't make a game for a while, but they did make a website that was a pitch for an anime. They made a whole bunch of toy designs. Like they made some toy designs based on, um, another video game that they're credited with elemental gimmick gear. Uh, and there's just a bunch of stuff like that. Like they, Oh, they made a virtual pet kind of pedometer because I'm, I'm virtual pet guy now. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, like they just designed a bunch of stuff. They designed some card games and they're just all over the place.
1: Uh, they definitely actually did do a lot of, uh, uh, the development on the games they're credited for. It's not just that they, like, did design work and then outsourced uh, the programming to someone else. Like, uh, Elemental Gimmick Gear, which I played most recently, is interesting because uh, they brought on an external... uh, uh, like, a a world-famous tattoo artist to do all of the, like, art and enemy design for it, which gave the game its very unique appearance... Uh, but they themselves, uh, like, designed the game. Like, uh, programmed the
2: game, etc. Okay. I have no idea. I didn't do any any research whatsoever.
1: <laughs> Some of their early games are very good and w- well worth checking out. Like, uh, I think uh, Dream Master, not Little Nemo the Dream Master, but another game called Dream Master on the Famicom is... Interesting because whereas this is a very generic Dragon Quest clone, Dream Master was an unusual like uh, proto Live Alive kind of game. Uh, it's like an anthology of various genres of RPG. It had like a hammer horror section. It had like a pirate adventure, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera all within the same game. Like, each section had a completely different genre with different mechanics, and this was on the Famicom. So it was uh, fascinating that they had something so clever early on, which turned me on to them as a company. And then the thing they are most well-known for in the West, the Kaiju Monogatari series, is so, so completely bland.
2: The Kaiju, the first Kaiju Monogatari game actually has a s- sort of kind of similar system in that you have four party members, but you can switch between them at any time. So instead of having all of them journeying with you, I guess they all have different adventures or, or slightly different. So that even sounds more interesting than this game. I guess later games in the series do like a trading card thing for battles, which also sounds more interesting. This It sounds like maybe this one is... Kind of the worst and, you know, boringest of all of them.
3: <laughs> yeah, they made a couple, like, physical trading card games for sure, or at least contributed to them.
2: Oh, you know what's
1: interesting? I'm, I'm looking at uh, credits right now. A lot of the people who worked on Elemental Gimmick here, which I definitely recommend people at least check out, even if they don't finish playing the game, because, uh, it's an unusual, interesting, gorgeous looking game on the Dreamcast. But the, a lot of the programmers were Hudson Soft programmers who worked on the Tendai Makyo series, which uh, terrible JRPG nerds like me know about. <laughs> uh, the Tendai Makyo series are very ton-in-cheek parodies of history uh, using a JRPG format, and uh, the one of them is set in America, and it has my favorite map of America I've ever seen in a game.
3: I have super been meaning to check those out and i probably will a lot sooner i, I want to check out everything birthday's done because i've kind of liked everything i've encountered including the weird little toy line based on elemental gimmick gear bandai tried to sell as Cyclonians in the united states to compete with beyblade and failed miserably at
2: <laughs> nobody can compete with compete with beyblade we all know that <laughs> oh this is a wild map of the u.s what what was this from again
1: this uh, the map of the U.S. is from Tendai Makyo Four the or Machyo, the Apocalypse Four.
2: Yeah, it looks like a JRPG version of the U.S. It even has that looks like a Mount Rushmore
3: boss. <laughs> this is great. It doesn't have Canada. It just has Alaska as an island floating to the north.
2: Mhm. Beautiful.
3: Oh, here's the translated uh, map so that you can see what all the locations
1: are. Subscribe to the Patreon if you want to see this ridiculous map or use Google.
2: New York. That sounds good. Mount Rushmore. Yeah, this is all like literal. Is this really the translation? Like, there's just like, you went to yeah. fucking Montana.
1: Yeah. yeah, this is like literally all of the place names. Like, all of the place names are in Canada, and so
2: they're very literally like Santa Oh, my God. Why is Montana in in the Pacific Northwest? Why is is New York
1: an island floating off
2: the coast of Detroit? Makes sense to me.
3: Why is Seattle in Montana and the Space Needle has a cat head? I mean, (laughs) that's true. All right. Well,
2: (laughs) why
1: is Atlanta south of Florida?
2: <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We're getting way, way off topic. But okay. So, Birthday is an interesting developer. I'd never heard of them before. This, I, the name rings a bell, uh, but like so distantly that I, I just, it, it didn't really mean anything to me. So, I'm wondering if I'd heard of some of these games before and just didn't know it. I'm reading about Dream Master. It looks pretty, pretty wild as well. So, that's cool. <laughs> um, I've
3: heard a lot of people say Crystal Beans from Dungeon Explorer is really
2: good. <gasps> That's, that's why I know birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I played that. I have a story to tell. <laughs> I played that game when I was like. What would I be? 15, 14, something like that. Um, and it, the translation, I think, had just come out, or maybe maybe I just played it in its original Japanese because I thought the name was fucking hilarious. And it's, it's like this weird gauntlet RPG. But at the same time, my mom had gone to Sam's Club and bought a bag of Swedish fish that was, I kid you not, five pounds. It was five pounds of Swedish fish. And she just gave it to me like, This is for you, Clint. It was weird as hell. So I sat there playing this game, which is kind of generic and not very interesting. But, like, okay, it's okay. Um, Eating these Swedish fish and hating them. The first, like, pound of it, (laughs) I hated them. And I just kept eating them anyway and eventually grew to like them, very much like I grew to like Crystal Beans from Dungeon Explorer. So that is why I know Birthday, because that that's that struck me as odd that a company called birthday would be making games thank you wow you just brought up a whole bunch of memories for me
1: so how many swedish fish did you did you eat all the swedish fish in a single sitting
2: no i i say i i probably ate them over about two weeks but okay. I, I did pound those and now i'm an, and i know so i love was swedish fish what's that
4: Oh, I was just calling you a coward for not eating it all in one day.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think I would
3: have died.
4: (laughs) Or it
1: would be a heroic death.
3: (laughs) Or you would have turned into, like, a Swedish fish person.
2: A big, red, kind of weirdly greasy person.
1: (laughs) Okay, so back on the actual subject of this game, (laughs) one of the things I actually liked about the writing right at the beginning... And I'm going, when the writing is good, I'm going to credit it to, like, them actually translating the game. Uh, so in this case, I loved the very extensive But Thou Musts that they had right at the beginning. But Thou must. Is oh, yeah, that, that was uh, great. Thing in all JRPGs uh, where you are given a yes or no choice. But if you say no, then you're uh essentially forced into saying yes or the game won't progress. In this game, you could keep saying no over and over and you get new dialogue and new reactions for a good five minutes, I want to say.
0: I think there's like six or seven iterations or layers deep you can go before the shell finally just blinks and the guy goes, See? even tries to guilt you into, I guess I'm going to have to do it. I'm an old man. Do you think that my ancient body can take the rigors of advan- adventure? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was the other thing, is that sometimes you have to say yes
1: in order to reject the call to adventure, which I liked.
2: I, yeah, that was cla- I I actually think I have a screenshot of all of it. Do you think it's worth reading all of it? Yeah, go for it. It's probably I- the only... Good writing in the game. All right. So, yes. Yeah, so, all right. I, I took a screenshot of, every, I think, every single one of these. So uh, it starts with, will you carry it to Dorado City and seal it deep in the ground one more time? You're supposed to carry something. You say no. Hmm. I'm not surprised that you are confused. By the way, the premise of this game, I think, is that the player themselves has been sucked into this game. Like, they're obviously from another world kind of thing. Anyway. Come to my house. Stay the night. And please think it over carefully. Morning, Niles. Name my character, Niles. How about it? Will you be Sheldorado's savior? No. Hmm. Still unsure? That's most worrisome. Our problem is critical. We need a hero who will act right away. So, what say you? Will you really leave us to our worst sad fate? <laughs> Would you have to say yes to? Hmm. If you won't go, I'll have no choice except to do the job myself. But, Niles, do you believe someone my age could survive the journey? No hmm but none of us have been chosen as the fire shell hero oh wait i said yes to that i think for that reason we would not be capable of sealing the aura sphere niles have a heart won't you help us through these terrible times oh niles you just nodded your head right yes i saw you do it (laughs) which i you don't have an option for i just saw you nod your head that means you'll go doesn't it i believe you i believe it you nodded your head admit it and you say no uh, you should answer honestly, no matter how embarrassed you feel. Oh, the fire shell shines brightly. You really are the famous shell hero. And then it, it forces you to move on. But I thought that was beautiful. I'm so sad I said yes. Yeah, I I save state because some games will, like, kick you out back to the title screen, and I didn't want to watch the fucking cutscene again. But, yeah, you can just keep saying no or yes as appropriate to decline the quest. The uh, bad guy in this game is is named Fat Badger, by the way. That's fun. Yeah,
1: uh, it just seems to be literally Fat Badger. But,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, I I still suspect that they're might just be a bad translation somewhere in there, because I'm pretty sure the world is not named Sheldorado.
4: We'll never find out. Let's be real here. I, I can look it up.
3: I, the... No, it's impossible. There, There is a Game GameFAQs that was before this translation that has some slightly different translations for a lot of things, including some translations I suspect are closer and better.
2: Yeah, this is the story according to the game FAQs. A long time ago, the land of Shell Dorado was attacked by the Demon King Fatobaja, which could just be Fat Badger, I don't know. Um, The Demon King was only defeated by the power of the four great shells, blah blah blah, and the final battle, Fat Badger was sealed by the Aura Balls, which was changed to Aura Spheres, and the balls were sealed in a crypt in Dorado City so that he could never reawaken. So I do think that it is really called Shell Dorado, which is kind of a Kind of a clever, sort of clever, in a childish way, right? I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. It's because I can't abide by that.
3: <laughs> I I believe it's really Sheldorado. I mean, that would be a wild
2: thing for two people to... Well, I guess the translators could have looked at the FAQ.
3: Yeah, I guess they could have just cribbed from this because I can completely believe that, that dynamic designs would do that considering the other, the overall quality of their writing. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> While Topa's looking that up... She durado. She burado. Shelt. sort of. I just... You're just fucking around, huh? I just, yeah. <laughs>
3: there was one like translation i thought was interesting in that in the translation of the game we played they called an item that protected you from lightning a lightning rod but in the faq it called it a lightning umbrella and i thought the lightning umbrella made way more sense because in order to build the lightning rod you need to give somebody leaves and i have no idea why you would need leaves and a lightning rod
2: that's a that's a much better translation. Yeah,
0: I, I like Lightning Umbrella just as it rolls off the tongue. Anyway, <laughs> they're aluminum leaves, <laughs> naturally occurring leaves of aluminum.
3: There was a there were a couple of cool details related to that too. Like the leaves are in a forest and they don't grow until you need them, and then you click on one of them, and that's all you need to do. But there's five leaves you could click on, and for just for some reason.
2: So they were going for that. That's that verisimilitude popping up in this game too.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And then like there's this mountain and you can't progress because you get hit by lightning and that actually damages you. But before you have any of the umbrellas, it damages you and then it turns you around. But uh, if you have an umbrella, it, It keeps you from taking damage. Now, the thing is, the game tells you you need to buy four of these umbrellas so everyone will be safe. So I was like, so what happens if I only have one? Well, it turns out you every party member does need one because you can advance, but one of your party members will take damage for each umbrella you don't have. So if you've only got one umbrella, everyone but your like main character will take damage from it. Oh, that's see, that's kind of clever. I like that. I like that. And the game just has a lot of tiny bits like this. Like, there's a giant bookshelf, and you can explore the bookshelf. And it doesn't have a different book on every shelf, but it has more different books than I've ever really seen in an area like that in the game.
0: In the first village, you look on a shelf on a desk. That's what they call a shelf that only has one shelf, and is at the perfect height to use when you're sitting on a chair, and you look at the shelf, the desk, and it says, he looks at the book, whatever your character's name is, (gasps) it's a porno book, what a hilarious joke, oh
3: yeah, oh that one, yeah,
0: I forgot about
2: that. That shows up in uh the translation for uh Bahamut Lagoon as well. You can buy porno mags and feed them to your uh dragons. So that's a thing. See, it reminds me of like the Wild West of of like Super Nintendo translations, but in like a bad way. And also it's it was by the way it was 2015. It's 2015, folks. It's not the Wild West anymore. <laughs> This this was a weird translation. Uh, right as you're leaving the shell village, uh, the little character says to you, in other words, bon voyage and see you in the funny papers. For someone barely out of diapers, that's the Sunday papers comic section. If you're really our hero, maybe someone will immortalize you there. That is definitely, I cannot imagine that's a straight translation.
1: Yeah, that that was one of the things that made me th- uh, think that this game reads a lot like uh, the... the writer of the translation comments a lot on the new nancy comics
3: <laughs> seriously <laughs> i
1: he, I don't know if he does but like if you've read those comic uh comments you would definitely think that this person wrote those comments they're all like uh they're all like uh 60 year old people being like what's a cell phone
2: <laughs> they really are. I've read those. It's really bizarre.
1: Can't believe this millennial keeps referring to modern day technologies. What
2: happened to the good old days? Some of these these commenters really care about Nancy by the way. Like Jane this person 20 hours ago said uh, on this, this most recent comic. Once again, not a bad gag, but Olivia's backgrounds remain embarrassingly bad. Not simply because her use of perspective is bizarre, but because areas such as the kitchen above seem to have been drawn by someone who has never seen a kitchen. Y'all, it's a Sunday comic. It couldn't be less relevant than that. <laughs> like, what, it, why? But yes, I, I agree. It feels like a 63 year old. A uh, slightly grumpy person translated this game and I don't understand it. Shoot, that fiend blasted through town like corn pone through a snow goose, which is definitely a diarrhea joke, as Topa referenced
3: earlier. <laughs> I, I did look up the 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 supposed uh primary resp- primary responsible party for a lot of these jokes, Wild Bill, and yeah, he he does look like he's like fifty.
2: Oh jeez. Wild Bill is yeah the primary like he, he I think he's credited as like designer or something weird like almost yeah, like
3: writer like story writer or something I don't believe it I don't think he did almost any of it I think he did editing and ed- and added some jokes and stuff to it later cuz the writing's very inconsistent and it's very obvious when a line that seems to be written by like the cranky grandpa comes in
1: I've been Mr. Lonely since all of the young Poochie Coo gals disappeared.
2: Yeah, that that yeah, that one. <laughs> um, he, he credits it. Wild Bill is credited as the coordinator. Uh, there are, and also translation support and English story writer. Yeah, it's really weird because he didn't do the translation. It seems like he did the rewrites, which would make sense.
3: And they do credit an earlier translation too as being a thing. And I don't know how much of that they just reused or if they reused any of it. This is all speculation.
2: Yeah. It's, we don't know the, there was somebody, okay. There's a little cut scene where one of your little shell characters looks at a dog and is like, Oh, you look delicious. And then the dog comes back with its big mom. And then this line doesn't, it's so weird. Oh uh, yeah, this a joke, too. Bye, now. Like, what does that fucking mean? Like, wh- I don't know. The translation of this is really inconsistent. And it, it does make me think that the older translation was maybe a little bit better, a little bit more on point. I, I don't know. By the way, I'm putting Z's because Z is now my push-to-talk
3: button. <laughs> I'm all about the tilde.
0: Oh, that's good. I have to say that i appreciated elder hermit crab i appreciated a hermit crab as a leader and integral part of a community because the one thing that i remember from having hermit crabs as pets as a child i was the weirdo that had hermit crabs as pets as a child oh wow that there is accurate now we know all about Shell Dorado, and the one thing that I remember about hermit crabs is that, is that they're actually very social. They were called hermits because of the way they interchange their shells and wander. They're not actually hermetic in the isolationist sense. So it's good to see. How long can I make this last? Let's see. It's good to see. Elder hermit crab, leading his crab and other animal community. I consider
1: that hermit crabs uh, care about the home very much, in that uh, they carry it on their back, just as they would carry the community on their back if they were to be uh, uh, hermit crab monsters.
0: They really. Who cares more about shells than a hermit crab? Hermit crab experiences many shells (laughs) as they grow through life. They are shell connoisseurs. And so if anyone was to keep the lore, the rich lore of shells, it would be an elder hermit crab. And so we have elder hermit crab, rich in wisdom, (laughs) but not able to go on an adventure with his ancient hermit crab body. And the shell is probably really heavy for him now. He's molted so many times. The shell's the size of a bus,
2: and and he's not. Did it, <laughs> the hermit crab is is glorious? I loved all the nautical puns at the beginning. That was fun. Did anybody encounter Wonder, the the nomadic shepherd?
4: I did with all the sheep.
3: Yeah. Oh I my god. I ran into him a couple of times, and then he went away, and then he came back, and come to think of it, I haven't seen him again after like the third time I saw him. I hope he's doing okay. I liked Wander. It's
0: Wander. Turns out Shadow of the Colossus is just a great big ripoff of this game. Suck it, uh <laughs> yeah. I, I see you.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a huge ripoff of this game. I mean, uh, a giant monster's Shadow of the Colossus
4: it's
3: true
4: wake up sheeple
3: (laughs) see wander has sheep it's a little hint so we know how it works it's like those illuminati symbols
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is what investigation is all about oh yeah he shows up later in the game i think
1: oh i should have named my main character jay-z that would have been really good.
2: I named my main character Niles because I was going to name the next character I met Fraser because I really thought it was funny if Fraser and Niles got sucked into a uh, JRPG world but you can't name any of the other characters so I was just wandering around with poor Niles all in his lonesome not knowing what the fuck is going on and really wanting
0: an espresso I named mine Dongs because of penis jokes it's... <laughs> but I did get to see Dongs grows to level 3 so hey That's nice. That's pretty
4: good. I named mine Chopin because, I don't know, he looked like Chopin. (laughs)
1: Uh, I named my character Ringo after the notorious and terrible author John Ringo, which I recommend no one uh, Google Oh, John Ringo, no, you will regret it.
2: Like, seriously, don't. Like, this is not just... (laughs) I did, because I didn't take Tulpa seriously. It's really just Bad and gross. Um, he's a terrible sci-fi writer. He's a misogynist. He's all sorts ofists. He, and uh, yeah, we hate him.
1: Yeah, and I named uh, my character after uh, John Ringo because I thought it would be fitting for a game written by like a uh, fifty-year-old right-wing reactionary. If uh, uh, if the main character was also a fifty-year-old right-wing reactionary, the so oh, love seat. Oh God. Um, oh yeah who has some kind of uh, toenail
2: polish obsession. Jesus Christ. Um, Let's stop talking about John Ringo, because I did want to talk about this idiot who who, uh, changed the translation or whatever happened. Um, There was one line... Where, okay, so there's a, there's a, a girl. She's got amnesia. I don't know what's going on with her. She's wandering around and like you find her in a town later in the game and she's been sold as a slave. There's a blacksmith guy or something who's like whipping her constantly and telling her to work harder. He's a terrible man. If you go up to him and you don't have the 5,000 gold to buy her freedom, then he, and you say, so you just say no. He'll say something like, uh, you liberals with your big ideas using other people's money. What? Like, if, if you're going to put, like, right-wing propaganda in your game, maybe don't put it in the mouth of a literal slave owner. Like, what's your message there? <laughs> so that was strange. That was bad and strange. So that's the only, like, explicitly... Politicized message that I saw in this game,
0: though, so that was weird.
4: Translating a game to own the libs, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> fucking liberals always wanted to get rid of slavery, having no idea how to do it. How, what money are you gonna get rid of slavery with, <laughs> idiots? Hey, right, like, what are you doing? Why was this your idea? It's so bad. Use my money to get rid of slavery. My money, I worked hard for. <laughs> that my slaves worked.
1: Hard. Okay, um, <laughs> the government's gonna steal my property. Oh my god.
0: Oh no. <laughs> so uh, I right back, drafting my Articles of Confederation. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! So there Never you go. mind won't do that. <laughs> so that was
2: horrible, but that was the only, like, like I know that there's other stuff sprinkled peppered throughout the game though. So it, that was just one, the only one I saw personally, but yeah. Um, what else we got for investigation? I, I'm, I'm out, but anybody else got stuff? Okay.
1: So one of the, since we're mainly talking about the writing in this game here, one of the things that makes Dragon Quest games work the way they do like the reason they have such a such an audience at all like even though they're not particularly popular in the states they're they're so beloved by people who actually do bother to play them is that there's a lot of specificity to the writing like uh like talking to random npcs in towns is almost always valuable and in this game it almost never is like uh like, the first two towns, uh, you're told it's Whistler. Just make sure to talk to everyone, because they'll have helpful things to tell you. And if you do that, you just find out that you should leave town immediately, because they have absolutely nothing interesting to say.
2: Yeah, and they, they're, they repeat the same things, too. So it's really like you have to... As soon as you talk to the one person who tells you something plot-relevant, you just leave, because three or four other people are going to say it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so it's it's this uh, thing where like it's imitating Dragon Quest, but not really capturing the spirit of what makes Dragon Quest work without all of the like bells and whistles of a Final Fantasy game with its like uh, theatrical story or whatever. In Dragon Quest games, a lot of the appeal of the games is to see these small moments play out and uh, get reinforced and referenced later on, but you can't get that kind of experience here. Cause even when you do encounter an interesting NPC, they are a one-off and uh, there won't be any callbacks or
2: call forwards to them. Yeah. Yeah. There's no connectivity there. It's just boring.
3: So I I disagree a little bit here because there's just some details where like after you reach certain points in the game, the game does change a little bit. Like, A good example of this, I mean, this isn't as good as Dragon Quest, and Dragon Quest is way better. But, like, there are small details where this game tries to make it feel alive. So a lot of towns in this game are wrecked, and once you, like, go off and solve that town's problem, it changes all the graphics, and the town isn't wrecked anymore, and all the dialogue changes to people being happy about you saving the town.
1: Right, but what I mean is, like, uh, finding like, finding a character, for instance, that's like, oh, I've got a brother in this other town, and then you go to that town, and you encounter a character who's like, oh, have you heard of my brother? He's stationed off uh, guarding this uh, waypoint uh, far away from here, and it's it's like, clearly implied that they're related. There's all these moments that kind of make the world lived in, like, the people move around even when you're not, like, present, whereas, uh, In this game, it seems like all of the characters kind of exist just to uh, serve as exposition or reinforcement of uh, what the hero does. They don't have any hints of, like, an internal life at all.
3: That is true, because there are some bits, like, you do have the flashbacks to why the people are in one place, but, like, they're in that one place because they're supposed to help the hero.
2: One random thing I meant to mention in Vanity, uh, and it it kind of fits in here, is uh, there are a couple of towns that have been completely destroyed. um, And the music that plays is, I think, the same as in other towns. If not, it's just a very cheerful song. The the incongruity there really kind of freaked me out. (laughs) But yeah. Um, Okay. What What else have we got for Investigation? I think we're good.
4: No, I figured out something. Yes. This game sucks. <laughs> wow. So direct.
2: Very direct. I like it.
4: <laughs> uh, that's a good
1: bit of investigation. Uh, one thing I can say, like, uh, just, like, fast-forwarding through the intro in Japanese is that, like, both this game would be a very good game to... uh practice japanese on because it's all very like easy and obvious like the kanji that they use are all are all at like a uh, elementary school level and stuff like if you want to pick up any of the language this is probably one of the better games to start with
3: which makes the bad translation even worse Yeah, it really does.
2: (laughs) All right. I think I'm happy. I mean, it really does. And I think I'm happy to move on to uh, our final category, which is, of course, Revelation. (laughs) And Revelation is the point where we uh, we reveal, hey, (laughs) our bottom lines for this game. Um, I have written one down and then I'm just going to probably not say anything for five minutes this uh, uh, Daikaiju Monogatari is Dragon Quest with a soggy bottom
3: Uh, Daikaiju Monogatari makes you painfully aware of how much you are not playing Dragon Quest right now
1: (laughs) Daikaiju Monogatari blasted through Yuji Hori's intestines like a corn bone through a goose or whatever it was snow (laughs) goose (laughs) Daikaiju Monogatari is the White Castle slider of, uh, Dragon Quest
3: clones. (laughs) Daikaiju Monogatari is some teen's best D&D game ever. Daikaiju
1: Monogatari goes down smooth and easy and, uh, leaves you stranded in the toilet as you experience, uh, hell that you had not imagined (laughs)
0: <laughs> Daikaiju Monogatari arrested for burglary A shell. in prison of the Flux in 1323. <laughs> a shell that you had
2: not imagined. Ah, uh, I got it. Daikaiju Monogatari is Dragon Quest for kids in a universe where Dragon Quest was never made. Because Dragon Quest is for kids. That's the joke.
4: Daikaiju Monogatari, make sure you check before you flush. Daikaiju Monogatari is a big, fat liar. <laughs>
0: sure, Eric. Yeah. Daikaiju da Monogatari, one of two horse thieves, died a natural death in the same prison. The cause in the one case was frenzy. How do you die of frenzy? Okay. Uh,
2: Daikaiju Monogatari. a monogitari- different time. Dekaiju Monogatari is getting poisoned once during the entire game without a poison-removing item and losing a single health point every time you take any step whatsoever and you only have 20 hit points.
3: That's
0: Pokemon.
2: Well, Pokemon, you only take damage every five steps and you have multiple party members. Oh, I forgot to tell a story. Shit, I... Went through the first dungeon, which is the one where you have the fairy in a box who gives you your first ability, without any party members. Because I did realize the Heroes Guild was there, so that's just a thing I did. I thought, "Wow, this game's actually pretty hard," uh, but that's because I had one quarter of the people I should have had in my party anyway.
0: Daikoji Monogatari, feloniously struck by Thomas the Small on the head with a sickle worth two pence in thirteen ninety nine. What is with the, the, why are they valuing
2: the weapons <laughs> during the, like, I don't know.
3: It's weird. Also, also, two pence. Your money went a long way in medieval times. Yeah. That's how much your life is worth.
0: Oh. Hugh Lucas. What? What? Hugh Lucas. Hugh Lucas. Daikaiju Monogatari. Arrested in possession of a horse belonging to Dragon Quest confessed to the murder of John
3: Dragon Quest? John Final (laughs) Fantasy?
0: (laughs) John Final Fantasy in 1321. Oh, that's a great NPC name. John Final Fantasy. (laughs) Oh,
2: God. Um, Well, there we go. I guess that's uh, any any
0: other bottom lines. Oh, my God. John de Waltham struck upon his head with a with Malice in 1322 by John Ming in the lane called Shiteborn Lane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Daikaju Monogatari was da- found dead on Shiteborn Lane.
4: Daikaju Monogatari, the isekai of your dreams.
1: Well, wouldn't Dream Master be the isekai of your dreams because he go through a isekai through your dreams? No.
4: No.
2: <laughs> Christ. All right. Well, I think that's it for this podcast. Uh, hey, everybody. Where could people find you if they want more of you?
0: No. <laughs> uh, I'm shrug. Damn it. Shrug on the forums, I'm at Shrugopolis on Twitter, I'm a dwarf on No Rangers Allowed, where Tulpa puts up with me most of the time Uh, I'm working on a game that'll be never finished, it's about medieval pain and it's very depressing don't worry, it'll never be finished that's all R.I.P.
3: I'm Automatic Tiger, and you can find me as Automatic Tiger on Twitter and Automatic Tiger on the Select Button forums. I told you no.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you want to find me, but if you do, you can find me on the forums as Talpa. You can find me on the Twitter under the name Memorius Talpa, and you can find me as the Dungeon Master of No Rangers Allowed. Where I install, I incite many evil plots against the hapless party members, and uh, they all get foiled. I'm not actually a very threatening or mean dungeon master.
2: Please listen. It's it's a really good podcast, definitely. Please listen if you like Dungeons and Dragons, or you know, Tolpa or Shrug. I've been your host, Virtual Clint. You can find me on the Select Button forums as. Virtual Clint. You can find me on Twitter at Virtual Clint. It's just a name I use everywhere, except when I don't, and it confuses people a lot. Um, <laughs> let's see. I don't have a script, so let's see. What do I usually say? Uh f- Subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and review. We love you. If you have, uh, we have a website now. Uh, we've had a website for a bit. It's at snes.zone, which you can always go to and see bios for people. You can see our social media account and stuff like that. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Snexploration, which is where I post votes for games. We usually do three random games, but, uh, this week we're not so. I guess don't follow our Twitter is what I'm saying. That doesn't seem right. Do follow us on Twitter. If you have questions or comments, I'll read them on the air. Uh, you can email us at snexploration, s-n-exploration at gmail com. If you subscribe to our Patreon, and uh, I'm, I'm going to make some new tiers soon for, like, reading people's names on the air, uh, doing various... I, I would like to start sending out physical goodies to people. It's going to be a bit, but uh, for now, what you can do is, at five bucks, you can get on our Discord and hang out with us, which is great. We have a great time. We were talking about uh, metallurgy in ancient China for a while, and if that interests you at all, you should definitely be in our Discord. You could even choose games for us, and if Syppiens. <laughs> <the end>. Yes. <laughs> um you can choose games for us. Instead of doing Explorer's choice, maybe we'll do your game. I don't know. You gotta sign up. Or you could even be on a podcast with us if you love us that much. Um you yeah, we're on patreon.com slash snexploration, or you can go to bankaccount.zone, which is much easier to remember and beautiful. Uh, I think that's it for self promo. Oh, as always, jump into the selectbutton.net forums for more inane video game discussions. Uh, as far as our next game we're playing, you all voted for, uh, Indiana Jones Greatest Adventures, which, uh, is a, a platformer slash bunch of other shit game. It's weird and very difficult, and I had it as a kid, so I'm excited. Uh, the next game that we're going to be playing, you're not voting on. Screw you. Uh, <laughs> the uh, We're doing the Explorer's Choice, and guess what? The next Explorer's Choice is Shrug's Choice, which means it's Demon's Crest. Yay! Woohoo! Yay! Boo. Boo. Nope. Down with Shrug. No, Demon's Crest is a fucking amazing game, and you all can
0: oh, play yeah.
1: it. The game's great. I I just want to be mean to
2: Shrug. Be nice to Shrug. But Shrug would prefer it if I was mean. Well, I guess I can't get in the way of that. yes, yeah, so there you go. So we're playing uh, we're playing that game next after Indiana Jones. So <laughs> so yeah, play along with us. Play Indiana Jones. Play some Demon's Crest. It'll be great. You'll love it. And, uh, yeah. Uh... Other than that, it's not
3: Lunar Walking School.
2: <laughs> it's not
1: Dragon Quest XI Echoes of an elusive age.
3: It's not Final Fantasy V. It's not
0: fun. <laughs> it's not John Final Fantasy. <laughs> 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 It's not Wild Arms. <laughs> it's not John Dele's son of John Dele's real imaginative John. Died 1342 at the age of two. uh Burned to death by a pot of beans he tipped over at the fire. Oh, God. Death by beans. It's not about
3: giant monsters. It's not it's... Breath of Fire.
1: It's not... Hold on, what was the name of that, uh game. Give me a it's second. Not,
2: it's not Dragon Slayer by Nihon Falcom on the PC-98 which recently had a sequel called Trails of Cold Steel 4 which a lot of people will know about, but I didn't know it was a game released in 1984 on the PC-98 that had all of those sequels. It's also not Fantasy Star. It's not whatever Clint said, but <laughs> there.
1: it's not City Shrouded in Shadows the uh, untranslated PS4 Game where Ultraman and a bunch of kaiju are fighting over a city, and you're trying to survive it.
0: It may very well be a dead man found in 1271 in a ditch by (laughs) Shepherd of Roxton, with a wound in his head from which the brains extruded. Oh, good lord! And it's as always is not Chuck
2: Rock. thanks to Schnebubula for allowing the use of his incredible song playing Super Mario World while taking mushrooms as always thank you for listening to the podcast bye bye a lot of, lot of dead medieval
0: people in this one Reginald de Freestone had his head caved in in 3- 1322 by William de Grimsby, Grimsby, that last is in quotation marks, okay, for drunkenly loitering outside his shop at night with 11 companions. I wonder if the number of companions um, made some kind of legal difference. A lot of people die because they were in bed and the wall fell on them. <laughs> so we, I don't think we appreciate uh, how fortunate we are to live in an era where walls are usually sound and don't just randomly fall on us.